everyone and welcome to the next edition of the VTX podcast. Here at the Veterinary Thought Exchange we like to ask, what are you thinking? And this week we're going to be chatting to Lacey, who is not only a really talented veterinary nurse, but has created an amazing veterinary pay it forward initiative. We're also really excited to be joined by our very first doggy guest. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. Oh dear goodness me. That was not the dog. That was just Karen. Silly. So just to introduce myself, my name is Scott. I am one of the founders of VTX and I'm a, a recognised specialist in small animal internal medicine. I'm joined by my friend and postca- po- bu- 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 podcast <laughs> producer, Karen. Okay, so um, thanks so much for uh, joining us, uh, Lacey. We're really excited to have you here. I I think I have to start by saying genuinely thank you for um for listening to the podcast that was very nice of you to listen and to share um uh, on social media so we really appreciate that support i must talk about these wind down days they sound like a great idea let's talk about that as well um so let can we just start by um just you kind of introducing yourself and just a little bit about kind of what your job is at the moment yeah yeah so um i started in a little town in wales um I initially wanted to do law and for, um, (laughs) we laugh and say my life is full of a series of unfortunate events. Um, And basically I got out, I I stood up in my A-level exam and walked out um, of my law paper and started work at a vet's the following week because I've done work experience at a vet's. I'd really loved it. And for me, it just made me a bit happier. So Mm -hmm. I started a job um, as a kennel assistant and uh, worked my way up, moved to referral to train. Um, partway through my training, quit um, for one reason or another, and then stuck a pin in a map, moved to Surrey, continued training, and have been an RVN ever since. Um, I move around a fair bit. I'm now based in the Cotswolds, and I do not work anywhere within a 20 mile radius. I locum generally nights and I have a mix of ECC, charity and referral. So I kind of move around the disciplines as well. So in a nutshell, I suppose that's me. I mean, there's lots of things I want to ask you about from just that open, <laughs> from that opening statement. So this A-level exam that you were just like, no, nah, can't do this, don't want to do this, this is terrible. Yeah, so I I did I did well in school. Um in South Wales, <laughs> our schools, and I've learned now, were certainly at the time very different. It wasn't unusual to have buckets in your school hall collecting drips um, from the roof. It wasn't unusual. So someone that actually wanted to learn um, and was really keen to learn was uh, really appreciated. And I was the only person in our family that was really interested in school. Um, so I, I am not a natural academic, but I really wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did well and I, I went to college and I chose subjects that you're meant to choose. And I, I, I did a mix of all the things that the books tell you to do. So do a humanity, do a language, do, and I did everything I was meant to do. And I studied law at A-level and I loved it. 
and a family member fell poorly during my exams and I was looking after her quite a lot um, and during my exam just felt I'm not going to do everyone's expecting me to get these really high grades mm. and I'm not going to get them and the universities that I'm expected to go to because that's what you're expected to do aren't going to accept me as a research student and I just kind of thought I'm expected to do all these things but none of this is what actually makes me happy mm. and what makes me happy is doing something to the best of my ability and I'm not doing that either so I got up and walked out um just discreetly uh, okay <laughs> There was no like all like walkout. I didn't I, no no sass about it. Just got up quietly uh, and left. Um, I would I would have like swept stuff off the table and then like pushed things over <laughs> and then. <laughs> um, yeah. I think now I'd probably more likely go for that route. But yeah, so I started work at a local practice. Um, and then it's kind of evolved from there and, and vet med makes me happy. I honestly, like I think your choice in doing veterinary medicine rather than um, being a lawyer, I think the only time that I feel like I would want to be a lawyer is when I'm watching Legally Blonde. And if it's not really like that, then I'm not really interested. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, Definitely not. They're, they're, they're making another one, I hear. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> um, anyway, so you've made this decision to do locuming. Is that a kind of conscious decision? Is that your kind of plan? That, that That's the kind of job that you want, that kind of variety? Yeah, so I have worked in, and I'm incredibly lucky to have worked in some amazing GP practices um, that had really, really great standards, that had a good practice culture, that had a phenomenal work family. And I, I started there as a locum and I took a permanent job because I value good culture years ago life just changed drastically for various reasons and I just felt that that chapter of my life was closing and so finishing that job was a natural close as well um it's the only job I can say hand on heart that I've ever really missed um but I miss the culture of the practice and for me unless I have good practice culture where you know it, no, nowhere's perfect but somewhere that at least values trying to do well on various levels so you've said something interesting there though because you've you and I know this about you just from from you know what, what I've seen on social media as well clearly you're very passionate about culture as you've said do you not feel then that being a locum means that you can influence culture less than you would do if you were there permanently I thought I thought it would and actually it's had the opposite effect Particularly, I think, because I work nights, but quite often when I work a shift, there will be people that have maybe seen me two or three times work. And I'm I'm always I'm always that person that turns up like a long lost friend, even though you've never met me. <laughs> um, Welshisms. Um, and so you'll get students that will loiter behind and say, I'm having this issue. Um, I'm, I think this. What, what do you think? And it means that. I don't influence them in the sense that I say you need to do this or I think this, but enables them to have a balanced conversation with someone completely impartial to form their own judgments and therefore to kind of go back to practice feeling feeling heard, not necessarily, but because they've said it out loud to someone. Um, and to then go back with a, 
a fresh mind and fresh eyes on a situation that might just be something as simple as I just need to talk to that person and tell them how I feel so that we can solve the issue so we can have a better culture mm -hmm. of actually being open with each other so we can be more professional and I think it's it's really interesting to see how sometimes just those conversations and, and speaking to other locums, they've found the same. Um, but it also gives me a broad view of lots of practices. So I can say that without naming practices, well, other practices are doing mm -hmm. it this way and it works really well. Um, have you thought about that? Uh, and it, it just, it starts the conversations. Um, and I think once the conversation started, that's all that needed to happen. The practice can manage it perfectly well on their own a lot of the time. They've already got the tools, they just didn't know how to start. Um, so for me, uh, I miss having a solid culture myself, but um, the influence over others is actually, it's yeah. amazing. It yeah. blows my mind regularly what this culture does in practices. Some of the best practices I work at aren't, mm swanky new practices with all the best kit they have just the best people we're seeing culture and i think we all probably kind of have our own understanding of what that means but actually that could be interpreted in a, a billion different ways and i'm interested so when you say culture to me i'm thinking we're talking about people being kind and um understanding and collegiate and working together well and all that kind of stuff but that might not be everyone's definition of culture. So what is your definition of culture, good culture? So I feel that a practice that have better communication, um, that are open to change, I want to bin the term, we've always done it that way. Hmm. <laughs> Makes me a little crazy. <laughs> um, practices striving to improve in whichever area that is and growth. So for me, good culture, is about integrity, passion, and communication. And if you've got any of those things missing, it doesn't work in the same way. I, I think we create the culture mm -hmm. that is around us and that's influenced by every person in that team. Good culture will have people all pulling in the same direction for the same good values. I love that. And that kind of brings me on to speaking about some of your kind of social media initiatives if that's okay and I yeah. I was looking through uh, and you can tell us a bit more about this but I was looking through the pay it forward page um, on Facebook and there was a post that you put up that says make yourself heard even if your voice shakes um, and I really like that um, and that really spoke to me sort of very much and so I don't know whether just using that as a kind of introduction to the Pay It Forward initiative, what, what are you trying to achieve with that? Two years ago, life wasn't as it is now. And I think for lots of people in veterinary medicine and, and in um, society as a whole, um, particularly in vet med, have had their struggles with um, wellness and mental health. Uh, two years ago, I wasn't in the best place in the world. And for me, the most shattering feeling was, oh gosh, if, if I feel like this and this feels awful, somewhere else, there might be someone else that feels the same. And how I felt didn't matter to me. I'd, I'd gone past particularly caring um, in the rawest way I can possibly put it. 
but the feeling that someone else might feel that was soul destroying because I didn't want anyone else to feel that whatever that is that you, you mm. can't really explain how feeling nothing feels but the the thought that someone else might feel that and might feel that no one noticed was really hard um and it's that that affected me more and so to try and illustrate to other people that people do notice and people do care from my kitchen floor with my doggos was the, the idea of pay it forward was born so essentially we send anonymous care parcels to all members of veterinary teams that's anyone from clinical directors mm -hmm. students ems the the man that does it the people that visit each week from the crematorium and anyone a care parcel that will arrive at the practice and it's really important for me that they arrive at the practice not a home address and they arrive unannounced and they can arrive like a virtual hug or high five it could be to say mm -hmm. i know you're having a really pants time i notice or it could be you worked your butt off on that case and i want you to know that someone knows like someone noticed you did this amazing work because sometimes just the feeling of being seen and being appreciated is the most powerful thing of all and so yeah nominated by people that noticed and sent by people who don't even know who they are they literally just take a name off a list of nominees so a vet in south wales could end up sending a clinical director in Scotland, a care parcel that they have specifically curated for them with a handwritten note just to say, someone in your team noticed that you've been working all hours and they appreciated it. Oh. I think, it, I, I honestly know that you, I'm going to start getting emotional again, Karen, I can't quote this <laughs> oh today. God. I am, um, <laughs> I, I, I cannot tell you just the 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 this the sheer simplicity of that is what I think is so special. It's just so perfectly simple and perfect. Just perfect. What a perfectly brilliant idea that you had. That's so amazing. We have been in touch about this initiative actually recently, um, because I'm helping you to um uh potentially collect some of these parcels, and it's so funny because there's a joke going at my work now because my my desk looks like a christmas tree and i've got like i've got like boxes un like try not to get things and there's like they're under my desk and i've got things like you know i've used one as a um one of them is sitting under my laptop it's amazing <laughs> so anyway that's my personal experience with that just now um and so what an amazing idea and actually Karen, what, what's so amazing about that is mm -hmm. that would work in any profession. Like you yeah. could just, you yeah. could translate that into any profession and it would just be perfect. So what, so just explain, what do people do? So people get in touch with you and say, yeah, how do they get involved with them? Yeah, because while I was counting tiles on the kitchen floor, I didn't expect anyone to have any interest. I just thought if I send a parcel and it makes someone happy, that's enough. And, and curating a parcel for someone was enough for me to think I've, I've done something. Today I've achieved something and someone somewhere will smile. And that was enough. That was, that was all that I needed and they needed. And so we set up a face, I, I say we, I have a massive a habit and I'm really trying to change it because it was always me and a dog. 
So I've always said we because I'm really bad at saying I. Who's the dog? Um, so <laughs> until recently, I had um, my beautiful leggy blonde called Jackson, who has travelled um, the country with me locally. Oh. So he had been to every conference. He's been to Vetfest. He's been to London Vet Show. He's been to conferences I've spoken at. He, yeah, had travelled everywhere. So he'd kind of gone through everything uh, with me. We lost him during lockdown. And oh, God. the I cannot, cannot thank the veterinary community enough. He had a really weird collapse coma disorder and multiple referrals across the UK sent people to see yeah. if they, there was anything that they could do. Mm-hmm. And they have paid the kindness that they received in their practices from care packages back instead of paying it forward to someone else they they helped me um which was profound um and i could mm. not thank them enough um but mm. unfortunately jackson just wasn't just wasn't meant to be um so he had mm. the most epic life uh, sounds like it <laughs> this dog has been sounds everywhere like um and then uh by fluke oh. i am now a wee oh. again <laughs> Oh, I love this. And now you've got the most ridiculous dog oh. in the world. <laughs> Who's this? Do we get to see? Or is he good? Oh, that. Oh, I can't cope with him. So this is our first dog guest on the podcast. Can she we? came called Princess. So please don't judge me, Karen. But she's now called Dumpling. Solid name. Oh, I can't. She is the most oh. gorgeous little thing. Does she grunt? No, she's actually got Nor a nose. Do you want the side profile? I'm so proud of Oh, it's of true. <laughs> nice work. Good jeans. Oh, let's see. Oh. No, but I feel really bad. Because whenever Boy. anyone says in vet med, oh, yeah. you've bought a Frenchie. I'm like, but look at her beautiful yeah. nest. Open. Oh, <laughs> she's gorgeous. Oh. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, someone suggested Narnia because she came um, during COVID in packed into the back of a wardrobe, and I just thought I can't oh. shout Narnia across a field. <laughs> I always got to think about how you shout it because yeah. shouting dumpling is completely normal. And do you know what I mean? Like it's all relative. In the cold, <laughs> no one bats an eyelid. I'm sure not. I'm sure not. I'm, I'm sure not. Well, that's so you've got your kind of partner in crime in, in your. Um, so when I love that when you say we, you mean me and a dog. It's always me and a dog. <laughs> um, what? Um, yeah. So we were talking a bit about the process of, of, of the of the gifting. Yeah. Really simply, we we set up a Facebook page. So all that all that happens, I'm really technical. Um, because I didn't think it would go anywhere. I didn't think it would have legs, essentially. And it didn't matter if it did, because if we helped one person, it didn't matter. It was one person helped. And so a Facebook page where simply they DM me and say, I've got this vet that works in this practice that's had this this week, and they like, and there's normally three or four things like likes and dislikes. The most alarming thing is how many people in veterinary profession don't drink hot beverages. Who doesn't oh, I know some people like that. They're weird. Oh, no, it's weird. <laughs> it was, I was, it was no, that's weird. surprising. Um, and then those details basically sit in a notebook that I carry around. And then if someone is having a day where they want to do something, they just message me and they get the next name off the list. Oh. If a parcel arrives at someone's work 
instead of saying thank you because they don't know where it came from they pay the kindness shown to them forward to someone else so they either request the name themselves or they do just something nice for someone else it doesn't matter if it's through pay it forward um just something nice oh, oh it's such oh it's lovely it's like a chain of kindness uh so after the the collection that's currently with scott um it's 2000 we've done now you are joking is it 2000 yeah, and they're 2000 that i can track so i don't know what's happened elsewhere yeah oh yeah of course because then that is that is amazing that is amazing oh wow and what a lovely kind of community you've you've sort of built up and 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 then um your cool little cartoon version of yourself um for instagram why did you why did you make yourself (laughs) a cartoon just because you can because i still can't say i (laughs) this is a time and again the conversations we're having with particularly nurses from Instagram who are a symbol or a cartoon or, you know, or whatever else. And the, the putting your face on it and saying I is quite a hard thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> really hard. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. Um, and I think because I locum as well, I don't want anyone to think she's judging us. I'm not at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. at all. Or... Oh, but what if we do something wrong? Everyone does stuff wrong. I don't care. Um, so for me, it's a bit easier. Um, and a cartoon, my hair, my hair colour changes so frequently. A cartoon was just easier. <laughs> so is that not is that not your natural hair colour? No. No, everyone just assumed I was a redhead, so I just rolled with it. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. Too, yeah. So did I. Because I'm just... so pale. Um, yeah. <laughs> That was and after being asked all the time if I was ill, I was just like, I'm just gonna go with a ginger. I'm just gonna roll with this ill look yeah. and just <laughs> and just get red here. Oh my god. Um Right. Uh, yes, you really do. It, it looks really nice. You really fit it. What are you really what's the vision for what you're trying to achieve with all of this, do you think? While I started nurse training, I had some of the most amazing role models. I had a brilliant head nurse, I had loads of people that I really looked up to and it made everything so much more daunting. Um, role models are phenomenal, but role models have their own glitches, their own hang-ups, their own imposter syndrome. And I think by, by everyone showing life in a really filtered way and showing all of our highs, we stop seeing people. And for me, mm. I wanted to be a nurse that went, so I'm dyslexic, I can do it. I've got ADHD, I've managed it as well. I'm not a straight academic person who just is, my brain isn't wired that way. I've found other ways to do things and I'm still achieving. And for me, if I'd have known so much earlier in my career that it's all right to do things in a different way I'd have been so much less stressed I'd have been so much less I'd have put so much less pressure on myself and I'd have probably embraced things a lot earlier so now I so my ADHD is is an easy example um I problem solve differently to other people that means when I work in emergency and critical care shifts there can be multiple patients, lots and lots of things going on, but my brain has got that covered. I don't have to get
get stressed that one thing didn't go right because I'm so used to things not going how they meant to go in a plan that I'm used to problem solving on my feet and I thrive in that environment. That is the environment that works really well for me. There are other aspects of vet med that I've tried that didn't work well for me. Mm. And I'm now a lot more comfortable saying that's not, that's not for me. I'm not very good at that. And I think in nurse training particularly, and I'm sure it's, mm. it correlates in, in um, vet school. If I'd have known that there were different ways and they were still acceptable and there are different paths to achieve the same things, it would have been a lot easier. And so I look up to some phenomenal nurses that are so technically gifted, that have so much theoretical knowledge, and I'm not them. And that is perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay to say, I'll find my own way. I'll find my own niche and I'm gonna embrace it. And I'm gonna embrace all the things that make me completely different. So mm-hmm. with RV and Speaks in my, um, my caricature with it color changing hair. Um, mm-hmm. I want people to know that there are other ways. I want people to know that I have good days and bad days. I want people to know that occasionally I lay on my sofa in a Disney flamingo outfit and I watch really bad films. And that's all right because some days that's what I need. You know, I'm not running marathons every week. Mm-hmm. For the people that want to do that, awesome. I'd rather bake cupcakes. I t- yeah. I think there's so many so many interesting things about what you said and I think this kind of authenticity is so important when we're talking about mental health and wellness in the profession because I and I'm going to be honest and I don't want to be critical overly critical about people but I do think that we we're speaking more and more about mental health and wellness you know the the bigger veterinary organizations corporates you start to see that kind of filtering in there's there's more and more kind of websites phone line services I do sometimes feel that that some of that is a bit kind of tick boxy and actually what people really need to do and 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 I I don't want to be because it's better than it was and I don't want to be I don't want to make out like I'm being really but it does I'm afraid it does like a poster on the wall I need more than that I need more than you know, please phone this helpline, or please, and 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 the, the, you know the helplines are amazing. But what I'm saying is actually sometimes we just need to actually speak to people, have honest conversations, and actually really ask people how they are. You know, and and it and and it, so it comes down to this authenticity thing, where if you can create something on social media that is positive and kind, um. I don't think you can put into words how potentially impactful and important that is. Um, and I was going, like I was running through your page just before we chatted and, 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 and uh, people can be critical of, you know, putting quotes on things and it's all just a bit kind of vacuous. It's not because actually sometimes even just a couple of words on your phone at the right time in the day on a social media platform makes all the difference to me knowing that someone is maybe feeling a similar thing do you know what I mean I've not articulated that very well I want to be a human doing not a human being I I want to walk the walk and do as I'm telling people to do because I think exactly as you said while wellness is really important and it's at the core of most of the things that I am passionate about it's really easy to say we tackled it because we put a poster up Mm. 
but did you ask your students if they're struggling? Have you checked that your your staff at the moment, their home circumstances are okay? Or you don't you don't have to ask them directly. Some people don't want to talk, and that is okay as well. But they should at least know where they can go to get help. That's not call this number. Mm-hmm. I want to know on a a local basis what is going to be done if I'm having a crisis. Mm-hmm. I I want to know that there's there's more to yeah we've we've said we're going to tackle it and it's in our protocol now but does that protocol stand what will Mm. really happen and i think particularly just now i don't know i'm sure you're feeling it it's just it's pretty it's pretty relentless out there Mm. you said something earlier on about kind of that feeling of 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 uh, you know beyond caring that kind of feeling of that kind of and i and I, i i say to you very honestly i know exactly how that feels that feeling where you feel just so empty that it's kind of gone past the point of even anything you know and I think more and more people are having some really really tough times at the moment and certainly I have recently struggled so much with with clinical practice and and just and and making it work and it's I don't know the world's gone mad you know so so more and more you know this conversation with you today seeing something on your social media you know I don't you will never know how potentially positive that is for people like me or or other people you know so it it, these things make a massive difference and if I'm not plugging for a parcel by the way but if I was to anyone out there wants to then feel free um but if I was to um if I was to receive one of your um your packages do you know how much that would literally make my year that that simple things like that that are, are so meaningful I just think are is exactly what we need I want everyone listening to do this like you need to go on to this Facebook page and do this and it's really simple so I had a, a lady and she said I really want to help and I really want to help and I know why at the moment it's so important because my whole team is struggling and I'm watching people I'm watching people crumble every day and then try and build themselves back up overnight and come to work the next day still with cracks from the day before and I I want to help and I I can't afford it I can't afford it at the moment and she was almost apologizing for not taking part and I said it's not Mm. it's not about money and so every week every week since um Mm. beginning of the first lockdown she has handwritten a letter to a random team in this And a handwritten letter to those teams mm-hmm. melt so much more to them because someone took the time to care. Yeah. yeah. Um, I still I talk to her regularly. Um, and for her, she said the act of writing to someone else meant she was unwinding as well. Because she can imagine how they feel because she feels it. And actually having someone somewhere else completely say, I get it. This is a really wonderful thing, I think, anyway, but I think especially at the moment, just like you guys are saying, it's just, it's it feels like it's very good timing because you guys are going through a lot. Karen always knows that because she's actually my real friend and so we actually speak about this stuff you know so that the um you know that that um actually just I, I know the podcast is not visual but um I have um on my desk a card um from Karen that I want to read at the front part so she's she wrote me a lovely thing recently and the the card says alcohol because love stories don't start with two people eating a salad so the <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karen, I feel like you can map my dating life out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it's just wonderful. Um, I I wanted to, if it's okay, ask you a couple of questions that we've been asking people. Um, first of all, 
you you talked about kind of inspiration can you if you don't feel you have to yeah. is can you give us an example of someone who inspires you yeah um so while while I was at my second college I went to three in total until I found one that actually matched me um while I was at my second college there was a student in our class who was the most shy and quiet and unassuming woman I think I've met in vet med um she was brilliant technically gifted worked really hard and she knew exactly who she was um we have stayed friends through our entire careers we might not see each other for a year or two and then randomly i i'll run a cpd or and she'll come and speak or we'll bump into each other at congress and i know if i pick the phone up she would be there mm. um she from the very beginning knew she wanted to do avian medicine which for a nurse was at the time because i'm now old um was unheard of um and she has gone on to get every certificate she wanted in an area that she was already paddling upstream and while she did it she enables every single person that she comes across on her way and her passion is helping other people do what they want to do mm -hmm. whether that's gp or referral and she has no idea the influence she has had over so many people in vet med mm -hmm. she's not someone you're going to see on a main bill doing cpd but she really cares and i've never met someone as passionate um so stacy um stacy vickery uh she um has written several articles stacy is the only person that has made me enthusiastic about avian medicine <laughs> that's some achievement <laughs> i find it terrifying because i didn't know enough and you can walk into stacy's practice not now don't walk into stacy's practice um <laughs> disclaimer you can call and say oh, i'm i'm really not sure about this and they'll let you see practice for the day because they're just passionate about someone that wants to learn, wants to know more. And they were phenomenal. Um, so she mm -hmm. is and remains um, a huge inspiration of me in vet med because she's passionate about people being exactly the person they mm -hmm. want to be. I think I, I think I know the answer to this. That dog is oh. just featured again. I can't deal with it. <laughs> um, what if you had your time again? and you weren't going to be Elle Woods in Legally Blonde, would, <laughs> would, you, would you do veterinary medicine, veterinary nursing again? I would do it all again, and I would do it again with all the hiccups and everything that went wrong. Um, all the kitchen floor moments. All the all kitchen floor moments, all the ridiculous round-the-world trips, all the putting pins in maths and moving around the country. It shaped my career. They weren't mistakes. They were happy accidents that just changed the path. And I think if we all started embracing those moments more, our careers would be more fulfilled. Um, I am so much more than a vet nurse. Mm. Um, and I have learned to live the moments in between vet med by those, those accidents. Um, so I would, I would do it all again. So if there was someone listening who was who was currently having a kitchen floor moment, <laughs> what would you say to them? Find out what your values are. 
we have got really good at living by the values that whatever society we're in live by but find out what your core values are because we're not we're not going to be happy or fulfilled until we're living by our values not the values that you think you're meant to be living by um mm -hmm. i went around the world completely winging it um i booked flights and nothing else on a shoestring budget and that made me happy that wouldn't necessarily make other people happy but my values are more about connection, um, about learning. I am not driven by money. Other people are, and that's totally okay. Um, but until you find what your values are, you're not going to feel fulfilled. Um, so for me, I would say if you're having that kitchen floor moment, take some time. Time is amazing, whether that's time out of vet med, time away, time with important people, but whatever time you need and find what your values are. You are very inspiring. Um, thank, honestly, I really have enjoyed talking today so incredibly. Um, I'm going to get emotional again. And I think... <laughs> And I think what you do is just really just amazing and inspiring. So th honestly, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Lacey, again, for her contribution. And also, I actually, I encourage you all to put your name on that list. You know, offer to buy someone that gift that really is going to make such a difference to their day. Um, so please do check out all the information about her initiative in the podcast show notes. Thank you so much to everyone again for listening. We really, truly appreciate your support. To learn a bit more about VTX, please head over to our social media platforms and also our website, which is www.vtx-cpd.com. And I'll see you next week. Bye.